Father God, we're ready. We're ready to hear your voice. We're ready to hear the command. We're not here to play church. We're here because we're serious about you. We are ready because you have worked on us to make us ready. And now, Lord, we ask that you speak. We would listen. And we would do. Thank you for utterance for this hour. Thank you for your word and your voice that will come out clearly. We will not be mistaken about what we hear. And thank you because every man, woman, child will hear your voice in my voice. And it will be clear what the Spirit of God is saying to his church. Lord, I thank you for helping me all the time. Holy Spirit, without you, I cannot do this. But you are always there to help me, to hold me by the hand, to teach me, to guide me, to lead me into your truth. And this is such a time that I need you also. And I ask that you come in your splendor, in your mercy and in your power and speak to your people. Let our lives be transformed by the light of your truth and by the fire of your spirit that you would release upon every heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's just so wonderful to be here. And I'm looking forward to when I will cease being a pastor in, in Just Christian Missions International and to the steps of Pastor Carter, since he's setting such a perfect example for us all. We will follow the same example and it'll be wonderful to come here and sit down and be tutored. Amen. Judges chapter 6. I would like to speak to us today about the Gideon church. Judges chapter 6. I will read from verse 1 to 16. We all know the story. So we're going to go into the word of God. And listen to what the spirit of God is saying to us. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds, which are in the mountains. And so it was whenever Israel had sown... Midianites would come up, also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished 
because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said to them, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. You have not obeyed my voice. And that's the root of the bondage in which they found themselves in. And that's the root of the enemy being empowered against them. You have not obeyed my voice. I'm sure they didn't even think that what they were going through had anything to do with the Lord. Because all they could see at that time were their enemies. Their oppressors, the ones who made life really difficult for them, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the Bible says the people of the East. So there was a conspiracy, a gathering of nations against the people of God. And the people of God, chosen by God, special treasure. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, it calls them the peculiar people, the special treasure of God. That God selected to show forth his glory to the whole world. To show what it means to have God as your king. These same people that bear the name of God. God calls them his firstborn. How can anybody be more special than that? But here they were, hiding in dens, in caves, in strongholds, because of an enemy that reduced them to this fearful, feeble, insecure, intimidated Israel. And that is just the perfect picture of the church where we have gotten to a point that we have lost every confidence in what God has called us to be. We lack the power to face our enemies eyeball to eyeball. They have impoverished us. They have oppressed us. They have left us in bondage. What is happening to the church? What is happening to the body of Christ? And this message came because I was asking God, what is happening to the Nigerian church? And why the enemy is triumphing over the church in Nigeria? 
I was asking God, where are the great voices of our fathers? Where is the history of great revivals we have had from villages in Nigeria that you never heard of? How come the church is in hiding right now and is being plundered by our enemies? And the Lord sent me to Judges chapter 6 and made me understand that this is not a message just for the Nigerian church. This is a message for the body of Christ. We have compromised on the standards of God. We have refused to heed to his voice. We have walked in disobedience and we expect to be filled with power. And yet the word says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Why is the church not eating the good of the land? Disobedience. Why is the enemy having the upper hand over us? Disobedience. Because we have decided to do church our way and not his way. And even though there is an enemy that has risen against us, it's time we open our hands and see the hand of God that he's using the Midianites to punish us. That we may come to a place of repentance. Now look at what the Midianites did. The first thing they did was to attack the economic power of the Israelites. That's the first thing they did. Because it says in verse 4 that they would encamp against them and destroy their produce. So basically their agricultural industry was brought to nothing. And look at the next thing they did. It says that they would destroy the produce of their earth and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox. The sheep there talks about the clothing industry because you make textile and cloth out of the sheep, you know. And then it talks about the ox, which is used for agriculture, and then the donkey, the transportation. So when you take all these segments of the economy, the enemy became in charge of them all and made sure that the economic power of the church is taken away. And every time the enemy wants to get us, the first thing he does is to attack our economic power. Because through that, it, we can be controlled. The church can be controlled. Israel was controlled. And the Bible says they were greatly impoverished. Greatly impoverished. Greatly impoverished. Why are we without power? Why are we greatly impoverished? It's time to look within and ask ourselves, what is wrong? What is the problem? It's time we look at where we have fallen from. That we may retrace our steps. 
God's problem is not the Midianites. It's not the Amalekites. God's problem has never been the enemy that rises against you because he has given you power over the works of darkness. He has given the church power over principalities, over rulers of darkness, over spiritual forces in high places. He has given us power over principalities. We have the power. How come we're not exercising that power? It's the compromise and what we have allowed to come into his church. And the Bible said, the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord for the church that will cry out to God. Bless the name of the Lord that for a church to realize that our answers does not come from the government. It does not come from the powers that be on this earth. But it comes from the Lord. And it's time that the church of the living God on this planet earth returns to the Lord. And lift up their voices to God. And cry out to God, why are we powerless? Why is the enemy triumphing over us? Why? You said we're the head and not the tail. Why are we hated all over the place? Yes, we know that if we bear your name, we'll be hated. But why is the wicked prospering way above us? Why are they in charge of the economy? Why and why and why? It's time we go back to God and lift up a cry to God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, when they cried out to the Lord, the Lord answered. He sent them a prophet. Every time God is about to redeem his people, he will send out a prophetic voice first. Before the deliverer, before the savior, a prophet will come. Who will not be afraid to say it as it is? Who is not politically correct? Who fears no man but God Almighty who has sent him? Who does not depend on the church for his sustenance, but he knows that God is the one who sustains him, whose message is not determined by the faces of the people because God told Jeremiah, I'm going to send you to a stubborn and rebellious people. Do not look at their faces. Stand and declare to them what I send you. And if you will not do that, I will confound you before them. That means I will disgrace you before them. These are the new crop of prophets that God is raising all over the world. Because their allegiance is to only one. And that is the one that called them. Because they are not looking for any political position or power or sustenance from politics or from the government. They have no fear. They are not intimidated by the forces of state, by the strength of state. But they are standing to declare the word of the Lord no matter what it will cost them. And in the, even in the midst of this darkness, God 
God is raising such prophets. Hallelujah. The Bible says the prophet came and he spoke to them. He said to them, you are the cause of your problem. Thus said the Lord. May God give us prophets that will say, thus said the Lord. Thus said the Lord. God took them back on history lane. He said, I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you from the hand of all who oppressed you. I drove them out. I did all that for you. I took their land and I gave you. And I told you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites. Don't fear them. Do not fear their gods. Why was God saying do not fear them? Because if they fear the gods of the Amorites, they will bow down before them. What you fear is what you submit yourself to. It says do not fear the gods of the Amorites. But quite obviously the children of Israel feared them and bowed before them. And worshipped them. And God says, you have not obeyed my voice. But it's time to turn around. Because we can always fall back on the mercy of God. On the love of God. If you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you. From all unrighteousness. And so God heard their cry. May God hear our cry. I say may God hear the cry of the church. As we lift up our voices in prayer. May God hear our cry. May God hear the cry of the church in Nigeria. And deliver that nation. Because anytime there's a problem in a country, in a nation, look at the church. The answer is within the church. And also the problem is from the church. If you want to know the state of the church, look at the nation. And there's no way we can heal Nigeria and deliver Christians in Nigeria that have been slaughtered every single day. From January to February, over 200 people have already been killed in Nigeria by terrorists, by bandits, by militants. Exactly what they were doing in the days of the judges, in the days of Gideon. They come in with their cows, they destroyed the farms of predominantly Christian farmers. It's happening every day. Pastors have become an endangered species in Nigeria. Because the reward is greater if you kill a pastor. The church in Nigeria is hiding in dens, in caves, strongholds. They attack us. We run to the mountains to hide. 
And yet that's not what God called us to be. What has taken our strength? What has taken our voices? What has taken our power? It is a curse for the day that Israel will turn its back upon its enemies because then it means you are running away. I thank God for the remnant church that is praying. They are crying out to God. And God is lifting up a prophetic voice to call the church back to a place of repentance. That he may have a mercy upon us and roll away this reproach. We are in very, very, very dark days in Nigeria. And every day the news is awash with fresh killings here and there. And one's heart is just broken and bleeding. Life has become valueless. The church has lost its respect and its standing. And we have been crying out to God in prayer. Oh God, deliver us. Oh God, save our nation. And the Lord said, you go and begin to proclaim my word. Declare what I have said concerning your nation and your people. Counter the attacks of the enemy and all that the enemy is painting before you. And so these are the same principles in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat under a terrible tree, which was in opera, which belonged to Joash, the Abia's right, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press. How can you be threshing wheat in the wine press? Wheat is threshed in the open. But for fear of the Midianites, Look at what we have been reduced to. Even the little food that is left for us, we have to process it in a hidden place. So that the enemy does not see us. Least they take away even that little that is left. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. That is the wrongest greeting. <laughs> you can never give anybody in that state, at that position, at that time. Because Gideon and the rest of Israel was very far from feeling mighty. But it does not matter what we feel and what we are going through. What God has said concerning us, he has not changed it. We are mighty men of valor and mighty women of valor. And even though we have sinned, he has not left us. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. You may not feel it, but the Lord is with us. 
And Gideon said, yeah, right. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The angel did not even bother to answer him because he has already told him what the problem is. <laughs> the prophet has already declared the problem. But Gideon was in a state of deep insecurity. Fear, intimidation, despondency, hopelessness. So, you know, this cannot be happening to us if God is with us. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And that was a test for Gideon to accept whether he truly has any might. Because God says, go in this might of yours. And he said, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Hallelujah. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Praise the name of the Lord. The church needs to come to a place where they realize it's not by their power nor might. We must stop all our manipulations of running church based on what we think will bring us results. And people look at us and say, you cannot argue with results, but yes, you can. They, uh, Moses struck the rock. Did water not come out? But was that the required result at that time? God said to him, speak to the rock. He struck the rock and water still came out. You can argue with results. Having results does not mean you have obeyed the voice of the master. So we do not run our ministries and our, our nations and our churches based on results. And he said, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest and I am the least in my father's house. That's when God says, okay, now you qualify. When there is absolutely nothing in you that qualifies you, that's the time you qualify for heaven to use you. I am the weakest and I am the least in my father's house. Hallelujah. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 will say, but you see your calling brethren. How not many mighty? How not many strong? How many, not many noble? God has chosen the weak things, the things that are despised, the things that are rejected, so that no man can touch his glory. The excellency and the power must be of God. 
Do you understand? So when Gideon says so, the Lord said, now you get it. Surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as what? One man. Beloved, it's time we pray for the unity of the church. If we are to defeat the enemies of our days, the church needs to speak as one man. And the only way we speak as one man is always when the Holy Ghost came upon them. In Acts chapter 2, they lifted up their voices and they spoke as one man. It is a work of the Spirit and can only be accomplished by the Spirit. It's time we put away man-made methods of running church, of being the body of Christ, and let the Holy Spirit take over his church. Let him take over his church. Not our man-made doctrines and traditions. Jesus said, you make the word of God of no effect, holding fast to the traditions of men. God wants his church back the way he intended it to be. And he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, he says, surely I'll be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites. And that was the word he needed. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was preserved. The body of Christ, and I realize it's a global thing. We have reduced the ministry of the prophetic to those who can prophesy to you how many cars you will get in one year. Oh, that's the problem of the Nigerian church. Every prophet now looks for a big politician to be his prophet. And to eat from the plundering of state. That's what our prophets have been reduced to. But where are the prophets that will give their all to declare the word of God without any compromise? Whether they end up in prison or not. Where are the prophets whose only allegiance is to God Almighty? And not to the president of the nation in order to, you know, gain some favors as happens so easily in, in, in Nigeria. And everywhere too. Hallelujah. By a prophet, God will bring the church out of bondage. By a prophet, God will bring the church the body of Christ out of this shame. By a prophet, God will bring the body of Christ in the global community out of this reproach. And by a prophet, the body of Christ will be preserved. 
And that's the rising of the Gideon's army. How did God accomplish that? Gideon had specific instructions as to what to do to address the problem. I'd like you to jump to verse 25. It says, it came to pass the same night that the Lord said, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. <laughs> hey! Hey! If you have my kind of father and you are going to do this in his house, my father was a policeman. <laughs> Be ready for a battle. But what was God telling him? He said, the problem is in your father's house. And before we fix this issue, go to the father's house. Before we fix the issue of Israel as a nation, we must go to the father's house. They were in bondage and oppression of the Midianites for seven years. There was a specific instruction, take the second bull of seven years. And the first thing you do is destroy the altar in your father's house. Church, it is time to destroy every other altar in the house of God. Every form of idolatry. It may not be a physical altar as is in this scripture. But what are the other altars we have raised in the house of God? What are those other idols that we are worshipping above God? What is this our liberty thing that is, has become a God to us even above the knowledge of God? My freedom, my liberty, nobody can tell me what to do. There's an idol there. We must destroy the idols in our father's house first. Before we can have the strength, the boldness, the power to face the idols in the world. Do you understand that? The cleansing must start from our father's house. Judgment starts from our father's house. The father's house must be cleansed. The true worship of the one true God must be restored in our father's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must destroy the altars of Baal. Every other altar, every other God created by man, let it perish. But let God be God. And let him alone be worshipped. Let him alone be praised. Let him alone be honored. Because sometimes our denominations have become gods. 
If you are a Catholic, you have nothing to do with a Methodist. If you are a Methodist, oh no, those people are not saved, you know. If you are a Pentecostal in Nigeria, they call us blood-sucking demons. We're, it's like we're not even saved, but we are demons. Oh yeah. Idols in the house of God. When your denomination has become an idol and you think that there's no other Christian outside of your denomination. That's an idol right there. How can the church stand as one man? How can the church speak as one man? How can the church face the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the East that are facing us and trying to destroy us and wipe away our testimony? How? Destroy that altar that your father has. I honor and respect the fathers of our faith who have gone ahead of us, who have shown us the path of righteousness, who have labored in the vineyard of the Lord and have left for us a legacy. But I... I, I, I also tell you that there are certain fathers that we must not follow. And that's the truth. Because of strange altars that they brought into the house of God. And we think this is what ministry is all about. And I weep because I see young people in my country who love the Lord, who are passionate about God, who have gone into ministry, who are working in the prophetic, but all they want is to be like one of those fathers that is stupendously rich. Because that is their idea of a prosperous ministry. If you can get the money at all costs, then you are made. We need to destroy those altars and build an altar to the Lord, our God, on top of this rock. Verse 26 says, in the proper arrangement. Ay, 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 ay. In the proper arrangement. God is a God of order. When the prophet Elijah was facing the prophets of Baal, on Mount Carmel, the first thing he did was to bring Israel together. And then he said, arrange the altar in its proper order. There's a proper way of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of ministry, of being the body of Christ, of being the light of the world and the salt of the earth. There's a proper way to do it. There's a proper arrangement and we have lost it. It's time to come back to the proper arrangement. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope I'm not upsetting you with this message. But you know, even if I'm upsetting you, it's okay. I don't care. As long as you hear God and receive his word and change, that is all my reward. 
friendship is not my reward. Your money is not my reward. Your acceptance is not my reward. No, it's not. To hear the master says, well done, good and faithful servant, is our reward. That's all we're looking for. That's what propels us to do what we do. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord has said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much, to do it by day. He did it by night. Whether by day or by night, let it be done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let it be done. Whether by day or by night. And the Lord will deliver the church from fear. In the name of Jesus. That's why I was so blessed when the choir was singing that last song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. And the last song they sang was so apt for this word. Whether by day or night, do it. Obey the voice of God. Obey his command. He will back you up. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. As long as you are doing the will of God. And some of us are in church and our Christian life has been such a struggle. The problem is from our father's house. Go destroy those altars in your father's house. Those people who are Africans will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning... There was the altar of Baal turned down and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. They said to one another, who has done such a thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Josh, had done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Josh, bring out your son that he may die. Because he has torn down the altar of Baal. And because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside, listen to me, beloved. Anytime we stand to destroy altars that are not the altar of God in the house of God, the devil will come against us with the threat of death. But we are not afraid. We will do what God has asked us to do. And I like the answer of Gideon's father. He said to him, would you plead for Baal? Are you now going to fight for your God? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he's a God, let him plead for himself. Because his altar has been torn down. You see, this is really interesting. Because this man that is saying this in Joash is the father of Gideon. And he was also compromised because he had those altars in his own house. But in the day of the Lord's power, the people shall be willing. The same man rose up to defend his son and mock 
at the useless gods he was serving in his own house. Listen to me. When we are obeying God, we have nothing to worry about from our father's houses. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do. Hallelujah. And who knows? Per adventure, you are the key to the salvation of your household. That's why we cannot be afraid. That's why we cannot follow the, the, the other altars in our father's houses. That's why we cannot compromise on the truth of God's word. Because when we stand, when we stand firm, it's just a matter of time. They will follow. Because the promise is to us and our household. Our household will be saved. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me begin to wrap up. Praise God. So, how did it happen? There was a method also in seven, Judges 7 verse 3. What are they going to do? Verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, well, the battle began. I'm just jumping all the verses because I know you know it all. But basically, when um, <laughs> Joash, the father, spoke and mocked their God, little God, then the enemies of Israel gathered again, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the people of the East to fight against Israel. But in verse 34, something else was different. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet. And the Abiezrites gathered behind him. And then he sent messengers throughout Manasseh who gathered behind him. Amen. Now, if you jump to chapter 7, verse 2. Uh, well, let me read verse 1. Then Jerubal, that is Gideon, who got that name after they mocked Baal. And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped. They prepared for battle, basically. And so the camp of the Midianites was on the north, and they were in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. So God was making it plain to Gideon that what I'm about to do with you and for you will be so obvious that it will be the hand of the Lord and no one will mistake it for the number of people that were involved in the battle. Because this is my battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. None therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart. And 22,000 of the people returned. And 10,000 remained. Chineke God. 22,000 out of 32,000. That's all. 
almost 68% of the people were fearful and of a faint heart. They said, say nothing no more. I'm going back home. <laughs> Do you see how much of faint-hearted and fearful and powerless Christians there is in the body? And even the 10,000 10, that was left is actually less than even 1%. And God says, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. It will be that those to whom I say, this one shall go with you, the one shall go with you. And this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people another test. He said, everyone who laps with the water, from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. And everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. So 300 men out of the initial 32,000 finally made it. That's less than 1%. It's like 0.9%. Were the ones that were finally selected for this war and for this battle. Why? By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the people. Why? Because the 300 men who lapped the water like a dog, they lapped with one hand, but the other hand was free to hold their weapon. The rest of the people that went to drink the water, this represents the need conscious church that once they have a need nothing else matter their head, their face well, everything was thrown there until they satisfied their need God is not going to deliver the church by a need centered church people who come to church just for their needs to be met not people who say, what would you have me do, oh God? Where would you have me go? What is in your hearts, my God? What would you have me do? The church is not about meeting your needs. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Every other thing shall be added unto you. We don't seek these things, they follow us. Because it's God's desire to bless his people. And you don't have to ask, the Father knows what you have need of. Hallelujah! We must get beyond a need-centered church in order to do the will of God. And until we get beyond that, we cannot qualify for the battle that is coming ahead. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they finally went to the battle, all they had was a trumpet and an empty pitcher with a torch inside. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah. We will win the war by Christ in us, the hope of of glory. Praise the Lord. 
the Lord gave them total victory over the Midianites. And the Lord will give his church total victory over the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the people of the East that have risen against the church of the living God in the name of Jesus. God will give us victory. The moment we line up and clean up our act in the house of God and follow the voice of God and the instructions of God and do what he says and get past meeting your needs and your wants and your desires and me, me, myself, I. Once we get beyond that, then we are ready. We are ready. We are ready. We are ready then. In the name of Jesus. And finally, when they got the victory, I, I, you have to hear this. You just have to hear this. When they finally got the victory in Judges chapter 8 verse 22, you know, God gave them a fantastic victory and they, they defeated all their enemies. Then the men of Israel came to Gideon and said, rule over us. Both you and your son and your grandson also Abba. Waiting now, now by force. Not only Gideon, they said his son and his grandson. Uh -uh. <laughs> For you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord! The Lord! The Lord! The Lord! He shall rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Not man. We must stop the worship of men in the house of God. The ministers of God are raised by God to serve and not to rule. We are not the Gentiles. And so we cannot rule like others do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And when somebody, you know that was a trap for Gideon. You know that was a trap for Gideon. Because what was the cause of their problem? Idolatry. You see how Satan came in sneakily. And he's trying to like make him a mini God now to the people. He didn't look for it. They said, oh, you come and rule over us. Not just you. But generations after you were ready to just submit to the house of Gideon. He says, no, not me, not my son, not my grandson, but the Lord. The Lord shall rule over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We shall show the world what it means to be ruled by our God. What it means to have Jesus Christ as our king. Hallelujah. That is the heart of the Father. To show the world what it means to have him as king over Israel. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. It's about the Lordship of Jesus. It's about the Lordship of Jesus. And it is time the Gideon army arises. The Gideon church arise. In this time, in this dispensation. And let God be king of kings and lord of lords. 
And let every other idol be pulled down. Let the altar of false worship be destroyed in our midst. That this reproach from the camp of the enemy against the church of the living God will stop. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. God is calling out the Gideon church. Will you be part of it? Will you be bold enough to go back to your father's house and clean it up? For God has use for each and every one of us. You are the army of the Lord. He has created you without the spirit of fear, but of power, of boldness, and of a sound mind. It's time we go back to what he has created us to be. We are light. Light cannot run away from darkness. We are to step into every dark arena and see darkness run. In the name of Jesus. That's what the world is waiting for. The Gideon church to arise. The Gideon church that will clean up their mess. Get their act together. Position themselves to hear the voice of God. Go out at his command and do what he says and bring to an end the reproach of the Amalekites against the church. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we come before you this day in repentance. For our sins against you are many. As a church, we have polluted your altar, defiled your altar, worshipped other gods apart from you. We have walked in disobedience, not heeding to your voice. But today, Lord, we have heard your voice. We have heard your word. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. And roll away the reproach of the enemy against us. Father, your people are plundered like sheep to the slaughter. They are killed all day long. Will you not have mercy? Will you not forgive? Will you not hear us one more time? We lift up our voices unto you this day, O oh God. We repent in sackcloth and ashes. We say roll away this reproach from us. The enemy has entered the sanctuary of the Lord. And made mockery of our God. Because of the sin of your people. We do not see our sign anymore. 
were hiding in caves and in dens and in strongholds in the mountain. But at your word, Lord, today we come out of hiding. We come out of our dens, our caves, and the strongholds of the mountain. We come out and we take our place in the house of God for a cleansing. Oh God, have mercy upon us and let your spirit come upon us once more that we may be strengthened to rise above fear, above intimidation. Before the enemy, we refuse to turn our backs against the enemy, oh God. And by your spirit, let the worship of our God be restored in the body of Christ all over the nation, all over America. Lord, restore the body of Christ in the U.S., in the Americas, oh God. Let the true worship of God be restored in this nation. In the name of Jesus, heal your body. Let your spirit baptize us once more that we will stand as one man in this nation in the name of Jesus. That we may be able to confront the enemies of this kingdom, the enemies of the church. We refuse to be plundered anymore. We refuse to run away. We refuse to remain in hiding. I declare by the Spirit and the power of God that the Gideon church is rising up. It's rising up. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. In the name of Jesus, we arise to restore our nation and the nations of the earth to the worship of the one true God. Oh God, hear us. Oh God, deliver us. Oh God, have mercy upon us. For we know it's not by any man's might nor power. It's by the Spirit of the living God. Spirit of God, do what only you can do. And deliver us from fear and faint-heartedness. Lord, when we compromise on your word, when we compromise with your voice, Lord, we become fearful before our enemies. There's no more strength in us. But today we return. We return to obedience. We return to submission. We return to yieldedness. We return to the true worship of Jehovah God. Restore us and we shall be restored. Heal us and we shall be healed. Deliver us and we shall be delivered. In the name of Jesus. So that in the days to come, the Gideon church will arise in power. Will arise in strength. Will arise in wisdom. And the nations of the earth will come to the light of our rising. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise and glory, Lord. In Jesus' name.